Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 12 of Revelation chapter 15. We're going to be reading verses 6 through 8. And the seven angels came out of the temple, having the seven plagues, clothed in pure and white linen, and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of God, who liveth forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God, and from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. Now, in our last study, we were discussing verse 6. We saw, once again, further confirmation that the seven angels, or messengers, are picturing true believers that are performing their role as a royal priesthood. Remember earlier, uh, back in verse 2, they had uh, those that had gotten the victory over the beast were standing upon the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And we related that to the molten sea that was in the temple for the priests to wash in. Well, now the seven messengers are clothed in pure and white linen. We saw um, a few verses in our last study relating to the priests and linen. And they had their breasts girded with golden girdles. The priests also were to wear girdles. And it's just very strong language that God is making sure we understand that spiritual priests are in view, his elect people. It is time for them to perform the role of of a priest, a spiritual priest, and priests were instrumental in carrying out the sacrifices that God commanded. And according to the law, here is the sacrificial animal that must be offered at this time in the morning and this time in the evening. Here is the animal that must be offered on the Day of Atonement. Here is the sacrifice that uh, must be performed in this manner. And each and every sacrifice, and there were many of them, pointed to the wrath of God, the judgment of God upon sin, and was demonstrating there needed to be um, an intercessor, there needed to be one that would uh, uh, take the sins of others and die for them, and that would be the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. They all pointed to his atoning work from the foundation of the world. But still, the work of the priest was to slay the animal, to to kill it, to burn it, to destroy it, in the sacrifice, and that is the work of uh, judgment. And and so in the day of judgment, in this judgment day 
that we're presently going through. God is offering up the sacrifice of the wicked, in a sense, and that's why, remember in the uh, imagery of Revelation chapter 19, when it's the time of the marriage supper of the Lamb, it, it says in uh, verse 17 of Revelation chapter 19, And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come, and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. That is, all of the unsaved people, all of the unsaved inhabitants of the earth, are the supper. They are the sacrifice because it is the day of God's wrath, the the time of the pouring out of his anger upon their sin, which is exactly what Christ experienced. He experienced the wrath of God in the place of others. But his sacrificial atoning work was to be the recipient of the wrath of God. The sacrifice gets the fire. The sacrifice is consumed. It is destroyed. And and that's exactly what is happening today spiritually. And it is the priest that offers the sacrifice. Now, Christ is the high priest. God is the judge He is the supreme judge. He is judging the world. But know ye not, 1 Corinthians 6.2 tells us that the saints will judge the world. He comes with ten thousands of his saints. He is the priest. We are the priesthood. And so the seven angels or messengers can be viewed as the body of Christ. Christ is himself performing the task of the priest and offering up the sacrifice of the unsaved people of the earth, but doing so through his body of believers. And so that's, I think, why the language, this this connecting language of these seven messengers with the priest. And then in verse 7, it says, In one of the four beasts, gave unto the seven angels or messengers seven golden vials full of the wrath of God. Now, the four beasts, we saw this earlier in in our study of the book of Revelation, and we corrected how it really should be translated. It it is not the same word beast, for instance, as we read in Revelation 13, that the beast rose up out of the sea, referring to Satan, and in order to avoid any sort of misunderstanding and misapplication, it really uh, should be um, translated the four living creatures and one of the four living creatures. And the living creatures are a representation of eternal God himself. Back in Revelation chapter 4, It says, beginning in verse 6, And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, 
and in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four living creatures, full of eyes before and behind, and the first living creature, and I'm making this substitution wherever I see this word beast, and the first living creature was like a lion, and the second living creature like a calf, and the third living creature had a a face as a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures had each of them six wings round about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Of course, that ties in the four living creatures with the seraphim that are seen in Isaiah chapter 6, and and they are also a representation of God himself. The four living creatures are a picture of God himself. And so when we read one of the four living creatures, that is, uh, gave unto the seven messengers seven golden vials, this means God himself gave uh, unto the seven messengers the seven golden vials full of the wrath of God. Of course, only God can give his, it can mete out his wrath and, and he's not giving it to them in the sense of punishing them, but he's giving it to them in the sense that they will have this in possession or they will have the ability uh, to pour it out later. They're given by God the seven golden vials full of the wrath of God. That is, they have the container. They have where the wrath is stored up. And God will, in the next chapter, Revelation 16, give commandment and command them to go forth to pour out these vials. And so uh, this is the preparation. This is um, the the time when they receive the wrath of God um, to have it in their possession. Well, let, let's look at the word vile before we move on. And uh, the word for vile in the Greek is only translated as vile. And it's it's found um, here and especially several times in the next chapter in Revelation 16. And it's also found once back in Revelation chapter 5. In Revelation 5 verse 8 where it says, And when he had taken the book the four beasts, or living creatures again, and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. So there is the same word, golden vials that were full of odors, said to be prayers of the saints. And that... Um, relates or reminds us of Revelation 8. In Revelation 8, it says, beginning in verse 3, And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. 
And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And then in the next verse, And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. So there are some similarities in the language of Revelation 8 with what will happen in Revelation 15 and 16. And and that is, there was a an angel who took a censer and filled it with fire from the altar, cast it to the earth. While the seven golden vials full of the wrath of God will be cast out, poured out upon the earth. And uh, also in the following verses in Revelation 8 and Revelation 9, and uh, and so forth, there's seven angels that are sounding trumpets. And we'll have seven angels that are pouring out the vials of these plagues. So there are similarities in Revelation 8 and 9. Uh, God broke up the judgment uh, where the first four trumpet blasts had to do with the judgment on the church and the last three related to the three woes, the judgment on the world. But there's no breakdown or, or breaking up of the vials in that manner. We don't find after, uh, as we did with the seven trumpets, after the first four, there was like an interlude and and uh, there was the declaration, woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth for the reason of the next three trumpets to sound. There's nothing like that. And remember, these are the seven last vials full of the wrath of God. And they're filled up with the completion of God's wrath. So all seven of these vials will picture the final judgment of this world. Judgment day on the world uh, as a whole, which would include the unsaved people that are within the churches, but it is not um, describing or, or, or really pointing to the judgment on the church during the Great Tribulation, except in one place in Revelation 16 where God backtracks a little bit and then uh, at the point of the seventh vial, when that's about to be poured out, he, he goes back and then brings us forward to the pouring out of the seventh vial, which is the day of judgment. But anyway, so the seven messengers now have in their possession the seven golden vials. Now, just one last thing about vial. Uh, again, in the New Testament, the Greek word is only translated as vial. In the Old Testament, in 1 Samuel chapter 10, we also find um, the Hebrew word translated as vile. And here it says in 1 Samuel 10, 1, Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because Jehovah has anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? So here... Samuel's anointing Saul. And uh, later, uh, another prophet will anoint Jehu, and the word vile is translated as box in Second Kings chapter 9. It says in verse 3, Then take the box of oil, or vial of oil, and pour it on his head, 
and say, Thus saith Jehovah, I have anointed thee king over Israel, then open the door and flee and tarry not. So it, it's uh, the same Hebrew word, and it means a container for the oil. The oil is poured out. Now, I think this helps a little bit to understand the vials that contain the wrath of God. These vials in the Old Testament contained oil that were used to anoint kings. And we've looked at that kind of language at other times and seen the oil represents the Holy Spirit. Now, in the case of Saul and Jehu, they weren't saved men, so it actually pictures God's Spirit anointing them to accomplish an official task or to qualify them to be king in an earthly sense. But the the oil represents the Holy Spirit and David is anointed with oil also. And, and it, it pictures God's Spirit that is poured out. And remember on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out. It was, it was like oil poured forth and, uh, then the church age began and God began to save the first fruits. Well, the vial contains the oil and you would tip the vial or the box in, in order to pour out the oil upon the head of Saul or Jehu or whoever. And likewise, when the seven messengers go forth with the vials, the golden vials full of the wrath of God, they will pour it out. That's the language, for instance, in Revelation 16.1, And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. Now, I think this relates to the uh, bitter water. Remember back in Revelation chapter 10. I know we're, we're jumping all over in Revelation tonight. But back in Revelation 10, when it was commanded, take, go and take the little book and, and eat it up. It says in Revelation 10, 9, And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten him, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. And we saw how normally what flows out of the belly of true believers after eating up the book, which is the Bible, and God likens his word to honey, and we we uh, consume the word of God, the honey, and it is sweet in our mouth. But in the day of judgment, it's not rivers of living water that flow forth as we go uh, into the world or, or declare the things that the Bible says. But it's a bitter thing. It's bitter water because there is no more salvation. Now, likewise... With the vials in in which oil, the Holy Spirit, could be poured out. Well, now these vials, and and that would mean the vials identify and relate to 
the the word of God, the Bible, because that's how the Holy Spirit would be poured out by God uh, when when he sent forth the early rain or the latter rain. That That's the first outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the second outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the time of the Great Tribulation. Well, how did God do that? How did he pour out the Holy Spirit? It, it was through the sending forth of his word. The word brought the spirit. The word of God is that which anointed uh, those sinners that were God's elect to receive the spirit of God through salvation. And the Holy Spirit came upon them and they became a spiritual king as they were anointed by the, the word that brought the spirit. But now the word of God, which the vial would represent... It has only wrath. And, and so, when God says, go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth, there, there is, um, no more salvation. There is no grace available, no mercy any longer for, uh, the, the hearers of the word of God if they have not yet become saved, if they were not saved before God shut the door of heaven. They cannot now become saved. And so all that is contained in the vials is wrath, is the anger of God. There is no mercy, no grace, no salvation, and yet it's still the Bible. It's still God's word that the people of God pour out, that they, they send forth, they share. And they just tell people the truth of what the Bible is teaching. And this accomplishes the task that is given them. A twofold task. Feed my sheep. Because even though there is no salvation available for someone who's not saved, yet for those that are saved, truth feeds them. Truth nourishes them. And the second task is to publish Babylon's fall. And and here again, just as God in the previous chapter, chapter 14, send in the sickle. That is that word send, which applies to sending the reapers who are the angels. Uh, Remember that verse in Matthew 13, in uh, verse 39, and I'll read it again. It says, the enemy that sowed them is the devil, the harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels or the messengers, just like these seven messengers are sent forth also. And and that's why they're messengers. They're sent with the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and they're commanded by God, go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth it's it's another confirmation it is it is further confirmation that this is what we should be involved in doing we should be actively involved as a priest as a messenger of God as a reaper as a a student of the bible as a child of God we should be involved in getting this message, this information from the Bible out 
to all the world as far as we can go. We're, you know, God is unlimited. He has all power and might, and all things are possible with him. We have our limitations, but we are to do whatever we can do, and and we should not um, try to justify inactivity or slothfulness or, or being a a sluggard or someone sleeping in the day of harvest, a son that would cause shame by saying, oh, it's a big world and we don't have family radio anymore and we there's no possible way of reaching seven billion, so I'm not going to bother to reach one or I'm not going to bother to go get some tracks and stand on the corner and hand out a hundred because I can't reach all seven billion and it's not possible. Well, that that's just justification for failing to do what God would have us to do as an individual. We'll leave the big picture uh, to God. We'll we'll leave that in his hands that those are things that are um uh, above us. They're they're not for us to intermeddle with. We'll we'll leave the the wisdom and the tactics and how God's going to do it to him. We need to be busy in going forth and pouring out the vials of the Word of God, which will bring the news of Judgment Day. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.